Lifehouse fam. So good to see you guys again. It is Andrea, one of the worship leaders at Lifehouse Newport News, um, bringing to you uh, a passage of scripture written by one of the disciples themselves, one of the folks that got to walk with Jesus um, and learn from the teacher um, while he was here on this earth. So we're going to dig into 1 Peter chapter 5 together. Here Peter uh, addresses um, two groups of people. So he addresses the elders and then the young people and gives them specific instructions on how to interact with each other and um, talks about how their roles in the kingdom link up um, to uh, edify the body. So let's go ahead and um, see what he has to say. So uh, right away, he says he addresses the elders, opens up by addressing the elders, and then he says, the elders who are among you, I exhort. Give me your instruction. Um, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. And then here come the instructions. So here he tells them to shepherd the flock, serve as overseers, um, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So um, instructions for um, those of us who are elders. So um, you've lived some life, you've got some experience, you've got some knowledge, and using your position in the kingdom, which is God-given, um, to serve and to oversee um, the body, not lord over them, but to um, oversee and, and really to serve them. Then he goes into um, some instruction for younger people. So you're an elder, maybe you fall into that category, or maybe you fall into this category. Verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, so let me say it again for the people in the back, um, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives peace, excuse me, gives grace to the humble. So um, interesting that he asks young people to clothe themselves with humility and I feel the reason for that is because you're not humble, it's really difficult to be teachable and um, we've got one of two roles where elders or where young people were serving, or we're learning. Um, so really, when you wake up every day, you can ask yourself one of two questions. How am I serving today? Or what am I learning about the kingdom and how to serve the kingdom and about God today? Um, two great questions to ask yourself um, as, we, as you wake up every morning. So. We've, we've seen this before, this God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Um, I don't want to be a person that God resists. I mean, man, get a mental picture of that. Resisting, pushing away. I'm not giving you an audience right now. You need to be humble. Humble yourself um, before, you know, we kind of get that um, intimacy with God. I don't want to be a person that God resists. I want to be a person that God draws in, um, gives grace to. So you give grace to people who um, who you're teaching, right? Who are going through that 
um, learning and failing and growing and molding stage. You need grace for that. Um, so how do we posture ourselves? So we're in the grace category, the people that God gives grace to. Um, that's where I want to be. Uh, and then he goes into verse 7. So humble yourselves and God will exalt you in due time. But then he says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. So casting all your cares, and I'm going to think of that as the little c, all of your cares, all the daily ins and outs, all of the kind of details about life that, you know, we wonder how they're going to all fall into place. Cast all of them upon God because He, capital C, big C, cares for you, loves you, has all of the supply in His hands to give to you, um, and we can trust Him with it, so we can cast all of our cares upon Him. And then He goes into um, verse... Eight. I had to look closer because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So sober, so uh, um, in your right mind, strong mind, alert, aware, not um, cloudy in your thinking, um, not distracted in your thinking, vigilant, always on the ready. Why? There's a reason for that. Because your adversary, and he calls him, calls him out as he is, calls him out. The devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. So I thought about that, roaring lion. So um, thankfully I've never had an encounter, personal encounter with a lion in real life. But what I've seen on National Geographic and um, The Lion King, <laughs> just threw that in there for comic relief. Um, when a lion, when a legit lion, like a lion who like knows they're the king of the jungle, you know, knows where they are in the higher hierarchy of just uh, life, the food chain, um, animals that are, you know, just the hierarchy of power. They typically don't roar um, when they go to attack, right? There's, they're, they're crouching down, they're looking, and then they kind of just pounce um, because they know that they have the might. They know they have, you know, the kind of authority um, to just, you know, kind of see what it is and take it. So if you've got a roaring lion, um, to me that registers, they know that they are at a loss. So um, here's his tactic, y'all. Fear. He gonna make a lot of noise to get in our heads um, to uh, impart fear. And we're so focused on the fear that we're weakened in our minds. And that is when we're in a state where he can pounce and attack. Um, if he really had the authority, the devil really had the power to overtake us, he wouldn't have to roar. So um, that was eye-opening for me. Um, I'm, I'm not afraid of a roaring um, lion um, because that um, just registers to me that they already know that they're at a loss. 
I have this authority given to me by my Heavenly Father to do what um, Paul, Peter says next. Uh, resist him. Steadfast, being steadfast in my faith, um, knowing that um, the same sufferings are experienced by my brotherhood, even Christ in this world. But God gives us all grace um, who have been called um, to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. So get this picture. So you've got this roaring lion walking about. That's what he brings to the fight. So the devil brings a roar um, to, the, to the battle. Here's what God brings to the battle. Grace, love, mercy, um, favor, unmerited favor. That's what God brings to the battle. What do I bring to the battle? You know, when I um, am, am fighting, Am I running from fight to fight, roaring? Or am I steadfast in my faith, resisting, um, knowing that the suffering that is temporary, gonna come, um, will eventually serve a higher purpose? And here's what the suffering, um, here's the purpose, and this is in verse 8. It, after you've suffered a while, um, we will be perfected, established, and strengthened. Um, God will settle us to Him, be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. So it's serving this purpose to perfect us, perfect the verb, not the adjective, perfect us as a process um, to establish us, to strengthen us, and then ultimately to settle us. And I thought this was interesting. Um, why would God strengthen us to settle us? Like, you know, usually when you get strong, it's because you're equipping, you're about to go do something, right? You're about to, you know, light something up. But here, God strengthens us to settle us, to settle our minds, um, because He knows that that's where the battle is. That's where a big part of that battle is, right? Resisting that fear, resisting the lie of the enemy being perfected um, through the Word of God, through prayer, through um, communion and time spent with Him. Um, our suffering is a per uh, perceptive twist, perspective twist, our perspective changes. Um, suffering is producing this perfection in us um, that will allow us to be strengthened, to be established, and to be settled. Um, so, uh, very good word there. We thank you, God, for just this all-powerful grace that you give us to endure the suffering um, and to be able to cast our cares on you, our lowercase c cares, um, because you, uppercase c, uh, care, love, um, supply, provide for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we say bye today. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that when you established your kingdom here on this earth, that you had a place for us all. Uh, we thank you that we are elders and you, with your instruction, you allow us to, um, to lead and to serve and to pull up 
um, to reach down and pull up Father God, but also that there's a place for young people um, who, when clothed with humility, are learners and being developed, Father God, in your kingdom for the great work that you also have for them. So we're either reaching down to pull up or reaching up, Father God, to be drawn even higher to places in your kingdom, Lord. So we thank you um, that you link our lives in such a beautiful way. Father, we thank you, O Lord, that you give us weapons, Father God, here on this earth. And we are not on the offensive, running from battle to battle. Um, excuse me, God. We're not on the defensive, running, um, scattered about, running from battle to battle, Father God. But that you equip us to be steadfast and unmovable, anchored in you, Lord. So we thank you for that, that our security um, does not waver uh, based on the situation, but that our, our security is anchored in your love and your mercy and your all-sufficient grace. Thank you for that, God. We love you, and we thank you that you love us so much that you would just continue to speak to us through your word, which is very much alive. Speaking with us today. We love you, God, and it's in your precious Son's name, in Jesus' name, we seal this prayer. 